Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane and Australia. It's episode 113 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we talk about going down the rabbit hole on a Spotify music adventure. You're not going to want to miss this one. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a, a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Immenso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And, of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars of Cuba, the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistar Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years of experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and his son Justo brought their very own brand to market, and each contain the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. And each represent the Golden Age cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Tobacco Area USA. Make it of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, a Chapman and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Area USA, great things are happening here. And finally, we want to mention Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Scars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The old Maduro Black and Scars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You could find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And of course, remember all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox, episode 113. We're recording this on November 11th, 2023, Veterans Day. So thank you to all of our veterans out there uh, for what you do. Um, but this is Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage, and I'm joined halfway around the world by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello, Coop. Yeah, I want to give it was Remembrance Day here in Australia yesterday. Yes, yes. Uh, which is similar. So I just want to give a thank you to everybody who is currently serving and who has served in the past. 
Um, there's lots of, I mean, sure, like with everybody listening, there's lots of uh, military service within my family, like during like World War II and Korean yep. War and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, I want to give, want to give thanks to everyone and also, you know, hope that they're getting the, both the psychological and medical help that they need through, you know, that sort yep. of stuff. I know that's always, veterans always, uh, some veterans have a really difficult time accessing support, both for yep. medical and psychological stuff. So I hope they're getting that. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah. Abs- absolutely. You know, my uh, my grandfather, uh, Murray, uh, was mm. re- loved him to death. Um, and, you know, he passed away back in 1982 on Veterans Day. He was a veteran in World War II. Ah. So uh, he was a veteran. Um, I had several uncles. But my oh, grandfather, yeah. actually, my grandfather on my mother's side, who I never met, was a, was a veteran in the World War II. My uncle Pete was actually in D-Day. He never wanted to talk about it, but he was part of that D-Day invasion. So I had a right. lot of family members, yeah, and uh, over the years. So uh, really appreciate everyone's sacrifice. And so it's not, it's something that I, you know, I didn't have to do it. And it's probably because of them I didn't have to do it, you know. Mm. So, you know, thank you to them, yeah. Um... We got a ton of music news today. Holy cow, we have a we have a ton. A of lot. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's what happens. We don't do a show, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions and the Grammys come out, and yeah. and, the and Beatles some other... a new song. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Um, um, it was it was big. It was very big. Yeah. So I'm just gonna start. So there's some reviews of a lot a lot of the stuff we're gonna talk about. It's gochujukebox.com. I have a lot of reviews up. Um, we got. Send an email at scarjukebox at gmail.com if you like. Or you can just yep. email Coop. One of yep. the two. Yep, absolutely. Feel free, Coop at cigar-coop.com. Um, all right. So now the first thing I'll start is with my homework. This is from last show where Coop's yeah. like, listen to that Rolling Stones record. I know the cover art's terrible. I know the first single is terrible, but go listen to it. And I said, okay. Um, and I came back. It wasn't bad. Um, Which is okay. I will give you. I, I was expect, at least I got that out of you. <laughs> I mean, I, I I wrote I so I wrote a review on Rolling Stone Blues, which is the final track, which I think is the best on the record. Which I knew you were gonna like. Yes. Uh, Muddy Waters cover, uh, which is how they got their name in the band. Um, so I write I write that. Uh, I think it's the best one on the record. I mean, I, I'll say it's their best studio album in forty years. I mean, that's not saying a lot. Um, but since Tattoo You, that like agree. they haven't really done well. Agree, I totally this agree. This is at least you at least get, and like what I say about the the the, and I I read a little bit on the discussion on the Facebook page, or on the post you had, um, like in listening to the album, you at least get a glimmer of like those days of exile and Let It Bleed. Like you get a glimmer of what the band used to be, like a little bit. Uh, whereas I think a lot of the studio stuff between Tattoo You and Now has just been like filler, really. Like, really so, hasn't done filler, a lot. A, a couple of tracks here and there, you know, uh, one hit to the body, but again, nothing. Yeah. Without, one hit to the body, nice song, but nothing that compared to that stuff in the 60s and 70s. Oh, no. Uh, well, I mean, you at least get a faint hint of it here. You get, you, yes, yeah. I, I think Coop, and I said this in the review, and I'd like to know what you think. Like, I think it's solid. I think, I think the I think Mick and Keith are pretty solid, uh, through it all. Um, 
like his vocals seems fine and everything. I the problem I get Coop. I don't know. I I would like the. I don't know if it's the band like oh feeling that they have to do it or their their albums as they got bigger and bigger seem to get more sort of bloated and overproduced. Like I mean, I don't know. A lot of their rock songs are just too clean for me, Coop. If you know what I mean, like yeah, I, I get that. It's just too much production, I think, and I don't know if it's like they feel they have to do that now because they get bigger budgets for these albums or what. But um, that's why I like the last song so much. It has this sort of like do it in one take kind of vibe to it, and a lot of the other ones seem really produced. Agree, but did you get the impression that was it? That would be this. That I do. It, it did. Yeah, that track is like we're we're going back to our roots, but we're done. Yep. And it's. Yes. I know. I hate to say it. Don't do another album, please. No. I, I have no problem. If they want to. You, 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 every band has one good, I think, album left. They did it. They got it out. Go out on this note, okay? And you can still tour, but don't do another album, please. Is what I'll say because I don't think they're going to come close to this again. Yes, no, and it, it would be a perfect. I wrote in the review. It's like a perfect bookend to your career. It really is. It really to it do really, that cover. It really yeah. was. And and it's amazing how like I didn't think the first track was as bad as you did. Okay. I didn't I thought I thought it was forced a little at times with the lyrics. Yeah. But I thought the melody was but it was it was the weakest track of that album. Oh, by and, far. And, and we're, and we're yeah. gonna talk about this track when we get to the Grammys, is all I'm gonna say, because I'm like, did anyone listen to the less of that? I mean, because to me, who decided to release that track first? Was I mean, my, there's, there's so yeah. many good tracks on that album. I mean, even though like I think Coop is higher on the album than I am, and that's not saying that I hate it. This is, I think he's a bit hotter on it. I think there's at least Coop. If you take the last one away, because it's like a blues cover track, mm -hmm. so that probably wouldn't get nominated anyway. No. But there's at least three or f three or four tracks better than that on the record. Uh, at least. Uh, on that, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yes, I, I would agree on that. I just. I mean, uh, the one with Paul McCartney for starters. Right, right. I agree. 100% I agree with you on that. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the album cover. I'm not as, again, I think you're, you're I couldn't even put it on the review. I, mean, I couldn't even use it on the review. I used a, a, I used the promo shot. Yeah, you say the promo shot. Um, you know, so, <laughs> um, you know, but remember that they did that, that, uh, that studio album, the blue lonesome album. I didn't think yeah. that was a great, that album, to be honest with you. I thought that last track was better than anything on that album. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I look back in listening to this record. And I'm like, this has to be the best in saying that I don't think it's an incredible record. I think it's solid. Yeah, it has to be the best record they've done. Yeah. Like I said, since Tattoo You, I think. Yeah. And that's like 42 years ago or something. Yeah. I mean, they brought a lot of they brought a lot of people in for this album, too. You mentioned yeah, uh, they did. Paul McCartney was on Bite My Head Off. Lady Gaga was on Sweet Sounds of Heaven, which is a great track. Elton John, Elton John's playing piano on a couple of tracks as well. He is. Uh, why don't you nominate the Gaga song? Like them pairing up with Gaga, well, like that's a surefire. Why didn't they put that as a lead single? Anyway. I I agree. I mean, "Live by the Sword" was uh was a good one yes. too. Um, that had, yep. had Bill. That's the one that had Bill Wyman on that mm -hmm. one. Uh, yeah, and "Sweet Sounds of Heaven" was a great track. So I just I don't that had Stevie Wonder on it as well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I think they needed some of that extra artist help. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but th yeah. yeah, this uh, they're not they, like I said, tattoo you 1981. We have to go back to anything. Really start having a, have the discussion with that. But I didn't expect uh. when I heard that first track, 
I'm like, this is just going to be another one of these albums that we've seen yeah. for like 40 years. I didn't expect to get what I got at. So my expectations were probably no, a little lower. That's to be true. Honest. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it, they fall on this track. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Coop. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was to say, I think they fall in this trap of doing kind of like a paint by numbers rock. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it seems a bit formulaic. Uh, and maybe it's because they were just touring so much that they didn't, you know, they didn't want it to, they didn't want the newer albums to be too radically different than what they're touring with. I don't know, but, but this one is solid. It's good. It's solid. They'll probably tour on it. I would imagine this might be it. Yeah, it's it. It's you know, it's ironic that there's no Charlie on this album either. No, uh, I think Steve Jordan did an admirable job. Oh, yeah, on, good job, yeah. Good, you know, good studio musician. He he's not Charlie Watts, and nor will he be. And I don't think they were intending him to be. No, uh, but I, I I did wonder what would this have been like with Charlie Watts, who had such a he had such a rhythm and a style to his drumming. I always say he was he was the glue that kept that band together. I always said that. Um, and, you know, when the other three guys looked like they were falling apart, like he was the one, unfortunately, who passed away. You know, he he always looked the healthiest of all of them. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I thought there was some really, I thought there was some really good, uh, I said, like, with the exception of that first track, um, if that, you know, I just, that's the one weak part of the album. This is weak. Uh, yeah. But there you go. So there's my my homework. You can see a review on the site. Yep. Dave nailed that review, by the way. So definitely check that out. <laughs> we'll have that in the show notes when we publish as well. Couldn't even use the cover art on the review. Wouldn't do, it, wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Um, it does. Anyway. Uh, so the next point here, I have Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We had the inductions. So Coop texting me about like, oh, check these people out. So last night I went through and I just looked at some highlights of the performances. So what are your thoughts, Coop, on the performances, some highlights, you know, from that? I got about a little past halfway in it, right? Because it's a four and a half hour performance and I was <laughs> traveling. Short. Right. Um, Disney Plus did the, did it live this year, which uh, HBO okay. didn't. And I thought Disney Plus did a tremendous job with the production of this show. This was this felt mm. like a Hall of Fame show. There was a mm. lot of collaborations. I just thought it was really, really well done. Um, so, you know, in HBO, they always kind of condensed it. So if, if I know it's the, I thought the condensed part kind of diluted it a bit. Mm. This might have been long. But that's okay. I'm taking. That's why I'm yeah. taking my time going through it here, because I was at. I was at. Um. I was at Lazona Palooza when it when when it was on, so I couldn't watch it. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, listen. Um, I I you want me to give you want to talk about some of your highlights and then I'll kind of add in or. Yeah, sure. I I got. Um, I'll just go through my highlights. Uh, Willie Nelson, man. Oh my goodness! Did was that a great? segment that whole segment wow. dave matthews with dave matthews intros then uh you know he inducts willie there's a great montage in there and then yep. the songs they do you know whiskey river and then, crazy and on yeah. the road again so he does so willie's just sort of sit down and then people kind of come out because he's yep. 90 we'll get to that no, later yeah yeah um but so he's singing and he does Whiskey River with Chris Stapleton, which is just amazing. Unbe um, unbelievable. Great to see Chris Stapleton, by the way, in, in that seg in that set list. Yeah. And then Coop, to probably Coop's joy and my joy, is uh he Chris Stapleton introduces Cheryl Crow. Yep. 
who comes out and does crazy, which is that, that Wait, was just Cheryl Crow had a big night and she had a really good night. Huge I agree. Night. I yeah, and she was great with that. Really, I would say that hit the whole Willie thing was good. Um, Jimmy Page doing Rumble. That I haven't gotten to it yet, but I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I got I got to see Jimmy Page when he was touring with Robert Plant. This was geez. Yeah, this was like ninety eight. Yeah, maybe even earlier. Maybe like ninety five. Maybe ninety five. Wow. Uh, and that was great. And you know, got that's when Page still had like you know color in his hair. But he uh, <laughs> he he had the same length of hair. That man's hair is phenomenal. But um, he they they did the Zeppelin stuff. I get to see Page do a whole lot of love, which is crazy. But he does Rumble on like the double neck guitar, and it is just it's like classic Page. It's great. Yeah. Um. So that was cool to see. And then the last one, which I'm sure will then lead into what you're going to say, Coop. Because this is the one you started texting me about as well, um, is Shell Crow and Olivia Rodrigo. Yes, doing doing stuff. And Olivia, for the second year in a row, has shown up and delivered a a high caliber performance. She did the uh, mm-hmm. duet with "If It Makes You Happy." Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, she did Carly Simon and uh, she did your survey, yep. Yeah, which I thought stole the show last year. This wasn't. I don't think this quite stole the show as much as that, mm. but this was a great way to open up this rock. Oh yeah, great duet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was um, blown away. Uh, I didn't love the Cheryl Crow set list, to be honest. Okay. With you. Um, I mean, she does the do it. They, they were good songs. Uh, they were still good because uh, "Strong Enough" with Stevie Nicks, and then Cheryl Crow, Stevie Nicks, and Peter yeah. Frampton do "Every Day Is a Learning." Well, Peter Frampton did not look well. I, I gotta say that no. he, he did not. I was a little concerned to seeing him on stage like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I know he's aged, but he just—you could see—he didn't look well uh, for that segment. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess the other two standouts were um, DJ Cool Herc getting uh, inducted by L. Cool J. Yeah. Yep. It just meant so much to him. Yeah. Yep. So that was that was just cool. And then Missy, of course. I haven't gotten to Missy yet. I haven't gotten to Missy. Shaka Khan? Have you seen um Oh big time performance? Common yeah. comes Common comes in yeah. and does the I feel for you Saka Khan rap, you know? Shaka yeah. Khan. He was great, she's so common. I'm like, wow, uh, I'm a big common guy. I like common. I'm a fan of his with his music and his acting. There you are. Uh then they she does Ain't Nobody. Uh then she does Sweet Thing with um her, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. then Sia comes out. I didn't think yes. <laughs> from you know, I, I'm not. I don't know a lot about Sia. I've, I've heard of her. She's kind of I, I, Chaka Khan kind of help help her out on the stage. Sia's got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. but uh, they did a great duet of "I'm Every Woman." I gotta say that it was a great duet they did. Um, did you have other standouts, Coop? Yeah, I have a couple of. Other, I have three others. So. Uh, the George Michael thing, Andrew Ridgely, oh, which yeah. I think we yes. talked about, he was the guy who had to induct George Michael. He, he did. He, yeah. he was a beautiful speech he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Again, I didn't necessarily love the set list they did for him, but they they did uh, Care, uh, Careless Whisper with Miguel. Yes. Uh, yep. Faith, Adam Levine did a great job with Faith. And then I was really surprised by Carrie Underwood's performance of One More Try. She really belted that mm-hmm. one out. I was just I would have liked to have seen Andrew Ridgely come out and do a it duet would, yeah, with someone. I yeah, would have really yeah. liked to that have would have seen, been good. 
that would have been the one like like come out and do I'm your man or something with Andrew Ridgely or uh Wham or you know what, what you know so that was a little bit, yeah. but he the, the the speech he gave was incredible it was mm-hmm. uh it was, you know a very emotional speech but the one performance that I think was the one that was blew it away for me I didn't expect this new edition comes out and does the tribute mm. to the spinners. I did yes. not expect how good a job they did. Mm. Um, they're back together, but you know, you know, if you yeah. think of new edition as this boy band from the eighties, Oh, new edition, man, they put their Motown hat on. They, they didn't do it. Like there wasn't anyone who inducted the spinners. That was kind of weird. I didn't see, mm. but they mm. came out and that performance of, uh, and the last song was Rubber Band Man, which they led into the tribute to Don Cornelius. So when they did Rubber yeah. Band Man, they had the whole Soul Train thing on, uh, yeah. the whole Soul Train thing. And then they did, uh, then they went into, uh, you know, the tribute to Don Cornelius. And mm-hmm. the other one I'll just say is um, Kate Bush, I, I wasn't there. No, uh, it was not. Big, big Boy. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, that was, Big Boy, yeah. And then St. Vincent. St. Vincent. He, the, she comes running up the hill. She was great. That yeah, was St. Vincent doing running up the hill. Annie Clark, yes, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, that was a. I don't. I guess Kate Bush is just. She's still much of a recluse. I don't think she's. I don't yeah. know what other reason why she wouldn't be there other than that's just her. But I thought they did a beautiful job. Uh, just a lot of the tributes and pe- how they talked about her career. I think again. I think Disney did a real. This is where I have to put a lot on Disney working with the Rock and Roll Hall of mm. Fame. They did a really, really solid job with this. So I have to still get to more performances, but I was not necessarily the most exciting Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class, but I was happy with this 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 delivery for sure. Yeah, great performances though. Yeah, yeah. Um so you know, I really like the standout performances that I that I saw and, yeah. and the production value on the performances looked really good. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I agree on that. Um for Man, you'd sure. love to have a ticket to that. Induction ceremony, geez. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would. They do it in Brooklyn, uh, New York. So, uh, and like I said, you know, I looked at like I had, I, I came out of last year's Rock and Roll Fame with a very different opinion of Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, I even have a better opinion coming out of this year's. Um, Does she just like hang out there in case they need somebody? Does she's just like I could do the Rock and Roll Fame? I, I could, yeah, but you know what? She, she, she just, she, she does our homework to pay tribute oh, yeah. to these artists. I mean, uh. Just coming in uh, with, with, with Cheryl Crow. Uh, Cheryl Crow is like an, a little bit of an Elton John. She does like working with the mm-hmm. younger artists. So I thought it was it was really, I like said I would have liked there are other songs uh, I would have liked to have seen performed by Cheryl Crow. These three would yeah. are not the ones that were were my favorite um, by any means. So mm-hmm. but nonetheless, uh, I think Cheryl had a good night as well. So uh, give her a lot of credit because I think she was. I think I was kind of saying she was uh, a now or never for me. I think. Yes, she was. Yeah. She was. Yeah, so but that, she, yeah. good for her. Yeah, so uh, it was good. Good ceremony overall. Very happy mm-hmm. with it. So, Coop number one, charting number one in the UK is is uh, is a good feat, but it's nothing new for this band and their new single. That's the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> with now and then hit hit number one in the UK. Uh, so you know we're we're going back in time now. Beatles number one on the charts. Yeah. Uh, but they got a new single, and uh, what what? Do you, so what? Do you, so I wrote the, the 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 story about how the single came together is almost more interesting than the single itself. It, but it's interesting. It, it sounded like a tired Beatles song. Oh, Coop didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, this was a topic at Lozona Palooza with Hector and stuff. We were talking. 
I, I just, you know, and I, I didn't like what they did with the anthology stuff either with Free as a Bird. I, I just. Okay. I, I, I just, I, it just didn't do this. This song and like it wouldn't even be on a top 30 list of Beatles songs. No. no I mean, if you were to list that, Beatles yeah. songs, maybe not even the top 50. I can name 50 better songs in the Beatles. I did not need to hear this. <laughs> it was very disappointing. I understand. I, 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 I am interested in how, you know, the whole AI thing. And I get that and all that, and, you know, but it didn't do it for me. See, I liked it. Now, I think I say in the review, like it's not like you said, it's not top 10. I liked it. Now, here's the reason I liked it was not just from the song, but if you look at the story of how the song came together, plus the song, I think, I think in a vacuum, I'd be a bit lower on it than I am knowing about how it came together. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, so just to give people a quick background, I cover, I review the song and I cover it in there, but, um, a long time ago, 94, uh, John Lennon is getting, getting inducted in the rock and roll hall of fame after his death. Right. Yoko Ono is there. And, she, and Paul McCartney is there. And Yoko goes up to Paul and she's like, here's some tapes of some demos John was doing. You know, do what you want. Like, right. figure it out. Make it happen. And he's like, cool. Uh, George Harrison already knew about the existence of these. And somehow John Lennon's death and these tapes, like, bring the Beatles back together. So Paul gets the idea of let's, re let's release this on our anthology and we'll add... Stuff John's vocal and we'll I put it out. That was the whole free of the bird thing, yeah. And they couldn't get the vocal right because since it's a demo, John just recorded it in his house, and there's like traffic noise and there's this hiss on the recording, and they can't do it. Um, so they all like George Harrison does some parts to it to add to it. Ringo does some parts, and Paul does some parts. They can't do it. George Harrison dies. Paul's like, I really want to get this out. He then they then do the Peter Jackson get back doco. Yep. Where Peter Jackson uses AI to basically it's the AI he uses is like the ultimate track cleanup machine. So it can isolate even like the faintest noises with mm -hmm. vocals and stuff to get like super clean audio, which he uses on the roof concert and a lot of stuff in that doco. So McCartney's like, oh, finally, I can use this thing and put this song out. So he and Ringo, I think, record new stuff. He then uses the AI. It takes all the junk out of John's vocal. And they put John's vocal, what, what George did before he died in 2001, and their stuff all together. And it's produced by George Martin's son um, and, and Paul. And they put it out. And so, I mean, for me, I like it. I think I like it in in the view of that it's I just the fact that like I find it's a good closure to the band in the sense that you know the band kind of broke up and then John died and it's sort of this thing where you have this one track that at least brought them all back together and they could have something out there and you know I don't know I really liked it. I think it's a demo, so I think too you're like, you know, this song probably would have gotten better over time, 
and probably would have been a lot better than it is now because it's just a demo John's putting together. Exactly, yeah. Um, but no, I liked it. Like, is it a, is it a great Beatles song? No, is it like listenable? I think it's fine. It's listenable. Um, is it? I mean, look, it didn't even chart in the U.S. It's not even on the Billboard Hot 100. No, I wouldn't fact. think so. No, no. I mean, when that's because Taylor Swift is completely dominating that. Um, do it, yeah. But and Barbie is the other thing. So, oh, uh, yes. yeah. What, but the the UK thing works a little different too. I think it's it's on. I, yeah. Let's put it like this: it's gotten attention. This song, people. Yeah. Listen, oh, definitely. I'm surprised it's not on the Billboard 100 because people are listening to it. They're down. I mean, yeah, I think it's it. yeah. You know, I I mean, I like it. Uh, I think it's a cool bookend of the band. I think it's good to have like to have the band. And on this sort of note of everybody came together at least one more time, even though it was, you know, past the deaths of a couple. Yeah. You had this one track where everybody was back together in one way or another. I mean, you had, I mean, what I like about it is this idea that like this demo from John, who essentially was the person that like instigated the band breaking up because he just needed to do his own stuff. Right. That this tape from Yoko is this catalyst to finally like bring the Beatles back together in a way. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was cool. I think I, I like the story more than the track. I think I think that's that a way. fair. I think that's a fair thing. You know, it's I'm looking at the Spotify chart. Um, it's the second hottest. It's got 18 million downloads, which is nothing to sneeze about. Um, oh. it's the second hottest. Uh, down. It's the second hottest. Like in the last few, they go by recent, right? Yeah. Yes. But to give you an idea, what it's up against is here comes the sun's got over a billion downloads. So <laughs> that's Jesus. now it's been out. For a lot longer, we gotta say that. But so, eighteen million is is it's doing that's very good for a Spotify number. Not bad. That's yeah, that's no. not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. It hasn't been out for more than a couple of weeks either. So, if you get a million, it's yeah. pretty good. They got eighteen million. Mm. Mm. So, so they played that at the Paul McCartney concert that I went to right here, Sir Paul. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Dave had a fun time at the. We were talking in the green room on that. It was amazing. One of the one of the last, you know, one of the few remaining living Beatles doing Beatles songs. Standout was "Hey Jude," "Helter Skelter," "Band on the Run" was phenomenal. Um, I don't remember the Band on the Run when, when I I saw him in two thousand five. Yeah. So now he this is the end of his tour. He started this tour kind of around people might know he played Glastonbury last year, and this is essentially the same show, really. Um. So yeah, I did. Uh, uh, Can't buy me love. Opened it up. Played some good. Blackbird was a standout. Played some good um, solo stuff. Played for like almost three hours. It was amazing. This is fantastic. Yeah, I got no, to I, see Paul. He did. Did he do coming up? I believe so. Yeah. He yes. Did coming up. Yeah, he did coming up. Um. Which is that's a that's a kind of a weird song, and did he do? Let me roll it. Uh I don't think so, to be honest. Yeah, that's a that. I mean, he did that one when I did. That's kind of got that Jimi Hendrix style guitar in that song. It's an old wing song. Uh, so he had he he did do the new song. Uh, he did uh now and then. There. He also told the story. So this is only Paul McCartney could tell these stories, right? So. He did Sgt. Peppers, and he was talking to the audience. Great byplay with the audience, by the way. He was amazing. Very, very um, engaged with the audience. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
he he said he said back then when you release a record, you always release the record on a Friday. And we released Sergeant Peppers on a Friday. He said he said so. Uh, me, Eric Clapton, and Pete Townsend went to a Jimi Hendrix show on Sunday, and Jimi Hendrix opened the band or opened the show with Sgt. Pepper's. He learned it in two days, and opened the show with it. Oh wow! And wow. he's like, and he's like, and he did this. You know, he he used the the pedal on his guitar to distort the notes, and, it, and he said, and back then the pedals on all the guitars or the bars, like the whammy bar, and all the guitars, like put your guitar to tune. Um, so after he played the song, he looked at the crowd and asked Eric Clapton to tune his guitar. Wow. And I'm like, only Paul McCartney could start a, a story with like, so me, Pete Townsend, and Eric Clapton went to see Jimi Hendrix. I'm like, man. Did did he do, and, and I'm sorry if I don't remember seeing this in the write-up, did he do the I've Got a Feeling with the virtual John Lennon piece? He did, That's, and it was cool. Oh, that, that now... Because that's my favorite Beatles song, um, and uh, I know that Peter Jackson worked on putting that together uh, yeah. with getting John. And it's just, yeah, it's it's a great track. I mean, and just like that was one where I like how they integrated the technology with some of this in there. They did a great job with that. That was cool, and he did do he did us he did something. Um, to honor George he, Harrison, he did yep. something when I when I uh, when I saw him too. Yeah, and that song was to honor John Lennon. So he does pay tribute to them, which I think is nice. Um, but yeah, great show, man. For eighty one, oh, man, eighty one, and he does like I, I I like to do like you said. He did over three hours of just oh yeah, crazy. Yep, and I know you. Uh, I know I talked to you in the green room. You saw his drummer, his uh, Abe Labriol Jr. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. There's a reason why Ringo's not touring with him. No, nothing against Ringo, but this guy, <laughs> this guy's next. This guy's next level. You can't keep up, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I bet he did live and let die, and, and the drummer just goes crazy. He died. Like, he did. Yeah. yeah. Live, and let, live and let die was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now. As we're moving ahead here, right? We had we had big day in music news. Yeah, we have Grammy nominations just came out, and I haven't. I have to admit, Coop, because Coop, we do a Grammy show. Yeah, so I well, didn't. I didn't dig through all of it, but I had yeah. a look at it. I had well, another look at it today, and I have some I, initial thoughts. Yeah, I watched the live stream, and I know we'll do a whole show on this where we do our picks. No. It probably will put this in December, January. But yeah, yeah. Uh, give me your thoughts, Dave, and then I'll kind of add in. Well, okay. So the first thoughts is sort of like only one male artist in album of the year, which is shocking. Which was shot, John Batiste. But I can't argue it. Like I was looking at, I'm like, these are all really good records. I don't know. I was surprised at that because mm -hmm. then because the Grammys is very all over the place with women artists. So they have women artists sort of dominate the headline categories. But still, Coop, no women artists in, in hip-hop at all. Like, you can't do that. Um, Dolly doesn't get Best Rock Song. I don't a nomination, which is bizarre. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. And it was released, so it was eligible, yeah. Got to angry. Anyway, anyhow. Um, so, yeah, women dominate. I would say the big winners or the big headline artists out of it are SZA. Now, 
The other thing, too, I want to mention to people is that a lot of these albums that are getting a lot of nominations were like, were you're like, I like, I thought this album came out last year. It's because of the cutoff date. Yeah. So a lot of albums that are doing well came early in the cycle. So, like, Midnight's has a lot of nominations that that technically came out last year. Scissors album technically came out last year. So, right. There's a lot of, uh, so some of those. You know, I think Lana Del Rey's has been out for a while. So, SZA, Billy Iris, Taylor Swift, Phoebe Bridgers, boy, boy, Genius getting that, which is just crazy. Boy, Genius got a lot of love. Uh, they got That's, a lot of. I mean, it's a great record. It's probably gonna be my record of the year. But like, they're an indie band of like three women singer-songwriters. So I was like, wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, the other stuff that I caught off, Willie Nelson's nominated for Bluegrass. Willie Nelson got nominated. Yes. And I'm like, well, he's 90. What's the oldest person to get nominated? I looked up. Uh, Pine Top Perk, Pine Top Perkins. Okay. Uh, was nominated for a Blues Grammy, and he was 97. Wow. Okay. Uh, so we Willie got- getting in there, yeah. which is crazy. Um, and Dolly is nominated not for rock, but for best country performance, which I don't even know what that is. Um, but she's nominated for that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, those are my initial thoughts. Uh, John Antonoff getting a lot of, or Jack Antonoff getting a lot of, a lot of nominations, a uh, lot of nominations as well. He was on a lot of tracks this year. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the leaders. I think he had seven nominate, seven, six or seven nominations. So uh, everywhere. Yeah, he had quite a a run, but obviously SZA was uh, had the nine. This is the big one. Yeah. yeah, which is great for her. I gotta say, Coop, if if young, I coach uh, youth basketball, and if like fourteen year old girls are any indication on who should win the Grammy, Scissors should win every Grammy. They love Scissors. Yeah, they love Scissors, and they love Victoria Monet. Is the other one? Yeah, That's Janelle. Mo- yeah, yeah. Victoria Monet and Janelle Monet get the nomination, which is good to see. For they're her. in love, they're the they're in love with them. Yeah. Um. So, what are your thoughts, Coop? I mean, that's just sort of All my right. just had initials. Yeah, obviously you, you hit the point on the women dominating, right? Uh, I have three other points. Two are in the notes, one isn't, right? So I'll start with the one that isn't in the notes. How is Barbie not? How's the, and you, I, I listened to that album. I, I saw you, that. How is Barbie with all the songs that were and all the music that got nominated? How does Barbie soundtrack not get a nomination here? I don't know. They nominated like half the album as, <laughs> as songs. It's did like, they? Did, well, they, did huh? they pull out? I mean, I, it was tough. Well, I don't know. So, so they did. They listen maybe to us show a little. They cut down the general categories from ten they nominations did. to eight, they right? Did. So a soundtrack may fall off. I mean, but I was still surprised, right? Considering that. yeah, if you if you nominate five songs or six songs yeah. off the record, yeah, like you think anyway. Now I, I will I will say this. I will be. I think John Batiste is a could win album and record of the year. Oh, okay. Worship is a great track. That album is so. I think he. I don't think he will. But and I'll get to my picks. We'll do. This, we'll say it. But but I think John yeah. John Batiste, who had six nominations, the Grammys love him. Uh, for that. How does Angry get nominated for best rock song? I don't know. Could, could that you... Foo Fighters song better win. By the way, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So again, there was you know I I get I get it that is it's a Stone song I guess. Like that'd be the only reason. I don't get it. I mean, it just there's nothing to that song 
like no, it's the week. I mean, the album I don't know hit the deadline. It might not hit the deadline in time. So, uh, so I didn't understand that. And the song that's all over the place in the U.S. This was like Harry Styles last year. Oh, like yep, was, yep, yep. Is Paul Russell's little boot thing? Who gets no I nomination? It's not. Look, I'm not saying it's a great song. Right? It's not. Gonna no, be but song you think you would? Yeah. For record of the year, I put. I would put that over several of these for record of the year. I'm so. I'm sorry. Uh, um, I would. I would knock. I would knock out on my mama. <laughs> I would. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I. I I'm a, like there was nothing for, for, for that song, Dave. You can't walk down the street and not hear that song. No, oh, yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. Commercial. It's everywhere. That song. It's it's it is not a bad song. I'm not saying it's the bad, but but still, but it, I, get it was the summer really song. Good. It it became the summer song in the U.S. here. So, um, I, yeah, yeah. So I I thought the I, Grammy. Yeah, I thought it wasn't as strong a year maybe as last year in music is what I'm seeing though. Mm, so. mm-hmm. I mean, I think the nominations for artist and album and song are solid, but they aren't as strong as previous years. I agree. I think if now, Chris Stapleton, White Horses, gets nominated. I think if his album would have come out in time, mm-hmm. I think that would have been up for album of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it didn't come out in time, so it, you might see it next year. Yeah. But the album is really good. So I think if that would have came out in time, you would have seen you know, two, at least two male artists in that yeah. category. I think he would have been, been on there. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I know we'll, we'll definitely – I mean, um, we'll definitely have the show on that because I think there's some. I think album and record of the year are competitive this year. I, sure. I think so. I I think you know you can make a case for a lot. Like I said, I think Batiste may have an edge, but you can make a case for a lot of these. Uh, um, you this album's good, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I think she might win. Not all of them, but I think she might take away like four yeah. or five. Yeah, and then you have you have a couple. You know, like you have Olivia Rodrigo with a sophomore album, which I think yes, is, which so I think. That's something to look at. So, um, yeah, that's I, yeah. yeah. So the show is scheduled for the, the awards are scheduled to be given out on February fourth. February, so, yeah. So we'll we'll probably have something. I'm thinking in January we'll probably do as we get closer yeah. and we have time to kind of go through all the music too and the nominations. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, and Coop has a very good write up on Cigar Jukebox, uh, including talking about some new categories. Yep. There's new categories. Um, yep, and all, you have the big categories, and then there's a link. I put a PDF in with every one of the. Uh, um, that was a pain generating that PDF because it's a big <laughs> file. But uh, yeah, so definitely check that out. It's on Jukebox, uh, for sure. Yeah, but I uh, no, it'll be interesting. I think they're pretty solid. Uh, I think Song of the Year is pretty solid because you got Vampire. I think Antiheroes in there. Yeah, you got, it's pretty solid. You got Kill Bill. I think those are all solid songs. Yeah. Yeah, um, yep, definitely. So th- that's a pretty, that's a pretty. Uh, I, I have a yeah. category. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting because you know I like that Dua Lipa song from Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I again, I I just would have had that as record. I would have had in the record and the song. I just I think I, I was Billy Eilish's from Barbie is in there, isn't it? Billy Eilish. So, yeah, them. so they probably just went with one song from Barbie. It was kind of weird. I would have probably switched the two. To be honest with you, I don't know what. I don't think they treated that album correctly no i don't, it, well, I don't know I, look i came back to you when we were doing you know and i said dave this is a good album i i'm really pleased with this album so i mean they're uh, all original songs to the movie i don't know why it can't be nominated for album of the year i mean, I mean they mean, gave they gave album of the year to the soundtrack i mean to the bodyguard yeah i mean yeah. You gave, if you yeah. get to the bodyguard this is a better album than the bodyguard yeah anyway um we'll have a lot of our a lot of our qualms will come out when we do the uh 
do the uh, show as well, the Grammy show. Um, I got so we got one more question from Coop on the notes, and I got one more piece of music news that I added. Okay, and then uh, I am going to hold my my thoughts on the disco documentary for the next show. By the way, because I, I want right. to, I did watch it, but I want to watch it again. That's why. So I didn't put it in. This liked time. it though. I, mean, I liked it a lot, but there's a alert. few things I want to kind of look at before I talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I watched it and then went right to Florida, so I didn't have a chance to absorb it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So, now, Coop's got a Taylor Swift question. All right. So, Dave, I was listening to. Uh, XM Radio, one of the stations, they were talking about Taylor Swift. And the question came up, Is Taylor could there be a backlash on Taylor Swift? And here were a couple of points that were made, right? There were two points. I mean, one is they looked back to chart domination, and the last the last artist to have this type of chart domination was the Bee Gees, yep. okay, who, who had their own fall. And the second thing is, as much as we may say it's good a good thing, this Taylor Swift NFL thing is turning some people off right now. And it could create so the question is it could create the backlash. It it's so that that's the question. And I think it's a fair question. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I think it's a fair question right now to say. Yeah, I say no. Just because so this is my thing. Is that I think the only backlash I'm sensing is from like ESPN stuff where like, oh, they short too much of the game. Yeah. Which is like how much of that is a real, you know, um, because I, I like compared it because like her movie is still making like seven hundred million dollars. It, it is. It is. Um, So I compare it to like, let's look at other artists her size. Uh, and I think the only backlash would become would be because she's, you know, a successful woman. But. Beyonce, right? Like there hasn't been a lot of Beyonce backlash. Like there is with certain corners, yeah, but, but like she's still, you know, she's been at the top forever. It, it hasn't she, been, you know, yeah, but it has having been, a movie come out. Yeah, I think this still hasn't been at this level right now. When you go look at the Billboard chart, um, you know, and then everyone's following this Taylor Swift to uh, Travis Kelsey thing, whether they want to yeah. admit it or not, they they're following it, right? It's it's catching people's interest. I, I think the only like, backlash is from like, you know, ESPN really that so, I noticed. But anyway. if you watch the disco documentary, and I'll talk more about it, it doesn't take a lot to 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 build a backlash. So yeah, but take, I mean, you'd have to have a backlash to pop music, though, which I don't think is going to happen. Like, if she's not like her, she's not doing like if if a like it's not like disco yeah. where there's a backlash to the genre. It was a, like I mean, yeah. you're not gonna. It, I think. A couple of things she has going for her is one, she is a woman, and and I think the Bee Gees were an easier target being men. I I do. I mean, I think, I think it was, but I do remember this Bee Gees backlash. I I really remember it well, and and it it came crashing suddenly and quickly, quickly. So I don't. know. I think the points you raised, Dave, are totally accurate. I'm not arguing those points, but I thought the converse. I thought having the the conversation being raised was interesting when I heard this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I find the whole backlash conversation on stuff. I'm not a big fan of backlash conversations because, I mean, what's the conversation? Like, she's a woman that's on TV too much. Like, I don't know what the backlash would be. Like, she hasn't done anything. Like, I mean, it's not like, say, Deshaun Watson or something. That gets, like, right. So I don't know. So unless there's, like, some massive scandal, I right. don't know. 
I mean, right. nowadays, anyway. Just because she's been popular for so long. I don't it, know. It has. Would you say 2023, she's more popular than ever? I would say, yeah. I would say, yeah, probably. I mean, the other high point would be what, what 1989. You might see what happened like when 1989 came out. Right. So 1989 came out and she was huge. And then she had a dip with the next two records. And then Folklore came out and people were like, oh, and then and then she just exploded again. So you might see a dip. I mean, kind of like Madonna and Beyonce, where they would come up and have like chart really high. And then they would have a dip and then chart high and have a dip. I mean, but, I mean, Beyonce sort of on an upward trajectory now with like Homecoming and then she's doing the Renaissance. She has the Renaissance movie coming out and all of that. So you could see a dip, but I mean, backlash where she's like, you know, her, her career goes down. I don't think that because the only time I can think of that happening recently is like that happened with the chicks forever ago. Where they're really big and then spoke out against Bush or whatever, and then everybody burnt their albums or whatever and. And they sort of went away for what, like seven yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think Taylor Swift should take a break? I mean, I think she will just naturally. Like, she's got a tour. Uh, yeah. The album just came out. I think she'll just. I she's think got a she'll lot of music. Naturally. There's a lot of music that's coming out too. I think. Uh, I think yeah. she'll be in a break anyway. Like, she's usually a couple years I, I, between albums anyway. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, she's reissuing these other albums, so that's been a big yeah. part of this. Uh, and of course, you know, Midnight's is, uh, and that's know. running out too, because she's only got, I think two more, two more and yeah. all the, and all the, and then she owns everything. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean, I don't think there'll be a bad, I think she'll have a dip, but barring like a controversy coupe or something, I don't see it. Are, are I we mean, she's worth a billion dollars. Let me, let me ask one more question. <laughs> this is a, this could be a whole show topic. Are we talking now Taylor Swift at a Beatles level? Oh, you'd have to. I think you have to, Dave. I, I think it's a fair conversation right now. That, but I was thinking about this. Yeah. And and you bring up a good point. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. And I think the only backlash would be like, oh, she's a successful woman that's out there too much. She needs to, you know, not be around too much. Right. But even the Beatles had backlash. That caused them to stop touring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I they're think the that... biggest band in the world. <laughs> And and I think if they would have stayed together in the early seventies, they would have. I think there would have been a bigger backlash, just from. So the even nature. I mean, yeah. So if if the Beatles could catch backlash, I'm sure she'll get some. Yeah. yeah. Will it be enough to put a dent in her stardom? I would say probably not. Yeah. But I'm sure she will. Um. But like, because even the yeah, it's it you know. Um. It's yeah, because even they got that's why they stopped touring is they're like, well, I, you know, we were worried for their safety. And they're like, well, we're not going to tour anymore. Yeah. And that's the Beatles coop. Oh, I know. Um, so, yeah. So, no, it's an interesting. Question. I mean, I think you get that question when anyone starts getting popular. It's sort of when you see a movie star in like five movies in a year and you're like, have we seen enough of this person? Like the yeah. rock kind of got that a bit. Yeah. Like, have we seen enough of him. Or... Yeah. I mean, I know when we like talk Beatles, the Bee Gees came up in discussion in the late seventies of being at that level. You two came up at one point yep. with that. Um and now I think we're in Taylor Swift and, and I think you can make arguments for or against you two and, and the the Bee Gees, but this one, um this one's hard to make an argument against is what I'm saying. I mean it's hard. It is hard. She sold out a tour worldwide. Yeah. Everywhere. 
Yep. That's pretty well, very, insane. Very true, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean I'm sure she'll have a dip. Like she'll take a break. Her next album maybe won't sell as well. Maybe because then too, it's like for her, it's like I think another thing where backlash might happen is let's say she takes a break, she comes out with her next album, she wants to change directions, and the album just flops. Like it's hard to see a Taylor Swift album flopping. Right. But yeah, maybe she tries to change directions and it doesn't click. Kind of like yeah. reputation didn't really and she has a bit of a drop off there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I think, yeah. And, and all this stuff will slow down eventually anyway. So I don't think, I don't think she'll get too much of a backlash. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say, would you say less? I keep asking questions. I, I don't, would you say she's now bigger than Madonna was? God, I don't think so. I think, I mean, so. if you think of Madonna at her height though, like she's the largest, she's, she's still the most albums of any woman all time it's like 350 million or something insane i guess i'm looking at the chart dominance which is why okay. I'm, I'm, madonna never had that level of chart dominance but no M- madonna has sustained it longer too madonna oh. had about a 20 madonna had about a 25 year run oh god yeah i mean i don't think she's bigger than i think she's on the same level as like the beatles madonna michael to Michael Jackson. Maybe? He was another one. He was another one that they talked about being at that mantle of. That's of like, I don't know. Um, Do you think she's as big as he was at his height, though? Michael, I don't know if she is. Michael. He didn't have the chart dominance, but Michael was very big. But he was also at a very competitive age. Uh, he had a lot of competition at that point. He had uh, obviously Prince was around. I would say uh, Bruce Springsteen was a big was a big challenger and. Um, so I, I would put him in there and I mean, for a short yeah. time, Lionel Richie, but Lionel Richie didn't sustain it, but Lionel Richie for a short time was a pretty big competitor of, uh, I'm just of, thinking people are talking about, oh, you know, we see Taylor Swift at Chiefs games too much. If you, do you remember like around the thriller era, like the media coverage of Michael Jackson, it was and, like and Dave, nonstop. And you bring up a good point. We didn't have internet back then. We didn't see no. all the Michael Jackson stuff. So I don't know. I mean, Michael Jackson might be the big. I don't know. I don't think she's. That's yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. But she'd be like Beyonce level Beatles. I mean, Michael is, I would say, I mean. It's hard to say. I would say she might be a tick. Just a not just a little like paper thin. Yeah. Behind the Beatles, Michael and Madonna, maybe at their right. height. Right. Because like. Like the Beatles, man. I don't know how you get bigger than that. No, and like, they, there's really? no one who had a seven-year run like the Beatles. No, and it wasn't like, like you said, there's no internet back then, so it was just sort of like, you so know. It, is a, it was a little hard to make that comparison. TV and radio. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, but she could do a Beatles and say, I'm not touring anymore and still make like hundreds of millions of dollars. Very true. Very true. Which is the craziest thing a band has ever done. Yeah. And say, but, I'm not going to uh, tour and still like. That's crazy. Yep. Um. Yep. Last thing. That was a great conversation, by the way. Thank yeah. You. No. That's, like I said, we could easily do a whole show on that. Yeah. Last thing. Tracy Chapman is the first African American to win a Song of the Year at the CMAs. Interesting. I I missed that. The shocking thing about this is a it took this long for an African American to win Best Song of the Year at the CMAs because it is twenty twenty three, 
And you're like, well, what Tracy Chapman, like, is she back singing? No, it's because Luke Combs covered Fast Car. And she wrote it. And so she won it. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm not a big fan of Fast Car. Yeah, yeah, we've we've covered this. Yeah, I'm not a big it's fan another, of Fast. It's another point of disagreement uh, between uh, Coop and I. Uh, Luke Combs, I'm sure, did a better job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> blasphemous! Oh man, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but blasphemy. Uh, yeah, I mean, not as bad as Bonnie Raitt, though. I'll say that. So. Ah, oh, hey, she's not nominated this year. Thank she can't God. Steal one. Thank God. Yeah. Maybe they'll throw her in there. Maybe she'll win without even being nominated. Yep. Uh, and that's all the music news. That was a ton of music news. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I didn't even get to the disco documentary because I knew we had a lot in there. So I'm gonna oh. have more thoughts on that uh, when we we have another show. Uh, and I encourage everyone to watch that disco documentary, whether you love or hate disco. Oh yeah, I gotta check it out still, but I'm on there. Yep. I gotta find out where I can see it here. I might be able to see it on the website. I think. Yeah, it's on the PBS website. You should be able to though. Yep, uh, did a really good job with it. It's only about an hour, so it's not a long watch. Okay. Yep. Um, cigars. What are you smoking? Oh wait, uh, sorry, Lazona Palooza. Okay, yeah, I'll briefly talk about Lazona Palooza. Uh, I was there. Uh, I was with our good friend Trip Waldorf, who was there too. Um, annual. It's the annual event where Espinosa basically puts on a, um invites everyone into their home for a few days. Uh, they put on a big party in the warehouse. And uh, this is my first time I've been there in four years because um, of the pandemic. And my dad passed last year, so I didn't go. So I was last there in 2019, and they haven't changed the event much. Um, no. it's a, it's a look. If it's again, it's one of these events you're not going to go there and get a hundred cigars, but you'll get this cigars. You'll get there. You'll you'll be able to smoke. They give you some five packs. They um, you get some more cigars along the way. And if you want to buy some cigars, they have some rare buys and. Um, you know, they had about a hundred, they had over 150 people this year. They, they get a lot okay. of people come down to this thing. And, um, the one thing they did different this year that I really liked is remember we were talking about that anatomy of a back kit where mm. it had, it had the Paritos that make up the Murcielago that was selling yep. it through Provada. Yep. yep. Well, Hector did, did an onsite seminar of that. Oh, right. And apparently they're going to be doing this at Espinosa events going forward with other blends as well. So it was a great Ooh. way you got to taste the individual tobaccos, right? And then you got to see how they put the blend together and what the blend tastes like with an alternate wrapper. So I think they did a great job with that. Um, it was just a good concept nice. that they added in there, uh, which which was which was really um, which was really good. So um, and then the other thing they did, they had this thing called I think they were calling it cigar bingo, right? And here's what they did. They they had a like people bring their collections to Lazona Palooza. So Eric Espinosa gets up on on like the stage on the microphone and he starts reading a list of cigar Espinosa cigars. And these are not like easy to find Espinosa cigars. Right. And basically if someone can show they had that Espinosa cigar in their collection, they got another cigar from them. Jeez. Uh, not, like something it wasn't it wasn't always the same because some of these were really rare. And I am telling you, when I saw some of the like people pull out some really rare stuff, uh, it was incredible. I mean, these are this is dedicated fandom here. 
Right. Um, and, and a lot of people like I said they they've been bringing their collections over the years because they like to share it with other people and swap stuff, right? Ah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there was only about three or four cigars that maybe they named that nobody had. Um, the one that nobody had, and I have it still, is the, remember the Larceny. That was yes. the Eddie Ortega, Sean Williams collaboration. That Eric, I have, I've had that cigar. Great cigar, and uh, Eric blended that, so it's an Espinosa cigar. No one had that uh, one, and I'm like, damn, really? I, yeah. I had uh, I had Sean on the show talk about that cigar. Yeah, I had Sean on too. Uh, I remember. Uh, that's like that's like um seven eight years ago already that cigar. Yeah. Um, great cigar. Sean, yeah, I think they would have did more of those. I think Sean, but then he went obviously to General with Cohiba. So, uh, but no, it was a good event. Um, like I said, it's, um, I gotta give Espinosa credit. They don't charge people to go to this event. Um, and, uh, they are very like this food drink and they, it's invitation only, but to be honest with you, they say, Hey, if you're, if you're on social media and you're posting about us and we miss you, just contact us. They'll, they'll let you in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I know it's a weird, yeah. they, they can't get to everybody, but, um, mm. But uh, Hector was even in a happy mood, which was nice. To see. Whoa, hello. Yeah, normally he's more grouchy, and he was definitely not grouchy there. Um, so that that was good. That was good to see with that. So there was no Guy Fieri. He was on a trip this year. Okay, uh, but he did a video message, so that was pretty cool. All right, that's yep. nice. Yep, yep. He was on a hunting trip or something like that. That was oh, planned nice. well in advance. Yeah. Good to be. Good to be Guy Fieri. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yep. So what you smoking? What you got? All right. So. This is the Julius Caesar. Um, you can see it. Uh, mm. This mm. is uh, the Julius Caesar by J.C. Newman. It's but it's a Toast Across America size. So this Toast Across America size is the Opus X Shark size. Like actually the, oh. the Añejo size. Añejo size. So it's the Julius Caesar in the shark size. Uh, they they sell this in a sampler for charity every year. So uh, if you buy the Toast Across America sampler this year, you got a Julius Caesar shark and you got an Opus X shark. Um, so mm. I love this blend. And, and originally I was going to smoke a year of the rabbit, but I had no more rabbits uh, left. I only had oxen. Oh, no. So I just I went wild card with it. I, I thought I thought I had a year. Of, there's so many year of the rabbit cigars, but I, I smoked them, uh, unfortunately. It's not just Davidoff, but I had the Drew State one. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, right. Yep. Um, now, now, Dave, you pulled out something from the archives, it sounds like here. Well, I we were talking. Uh-huh on the show a while ago about like uh, crown heads and the Jericho Hill. And I was like, I haven't had that cigar in it forever. So I got the, Jer I have the Jericho Hill, uh, Willie Brown, which is like a five Robusto, by 56. It's, it's, it's yeah. a five by 56, but it's because it's pressed. It's that pressed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I picked some up and I'm like, I haven't had the Jericho Hill in a long time. So I, so light it I'll, up. Ne I'll never forget you. Um, you had some cigars sent to me on the old jukebox when you were doing the old jukebox show, and it was mm. the Jericho Hill shots. The shots, yeah. And you sent me a bunch of them, and um, I was going to Honduras, and I was flying through Atlanta, and I had a long layover in Atlanta, but there was an area to smoke, and at the same time while I had a long layover, I didn't really have time for a long smoke, right? And that was like a per. I mean, I just thought that shots was one of a perfect size of that blend. It really was a great. I enjoyed that a lot. So. It was a yeah, I think time to smoke that. I think my favorite sizes in this blend are the shots and the Lancero, which is twelve honest men. Yeah, I like which the shots. Is also yeah. very good. That yeah. size, I like that size. You have too, and I think we talked about it. Crown Heads does a good job with larger ring gauges. They do. It's funny. Yeah. 
I think they do a great job with larger ring gauges and a great job with shorts, like half Coronas. Yeah, they they do well. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna bust it out because what we're gonna do today is we're gonna go down the rabbit hole. And what yeah. that is is like Coop and I each start with the same song, and then this is blind. So I don't know Coop's songs; he doesn't know my songs. Right. And what we did is listened on Spotify. We started with that song, and we just wrote down the next nine songs that we listened to and kind of our thought process and right. how we got there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yep. That's exactly what we did. Um, and, um, it was like, I might have overthought this exercise <laughs> and you'll see. So I just uh, went, I just went for it, but it was, uh, yeah. So we both start with the same song and then going down the rabbit hole. And I'm sure people do this all the time. They start listening to one song Usually, I'm getting a show ready. I'd always end up with Phil Collins somehow. I always end up there. But... Uh, um... <laughs> well, I didn't end up there today, I don't think. I did. I, I have a connection there. in here. I will give it away. Dave, was that uh, the Willie yeah. Brown? Wait, 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 was that Willie Brown or Jack Brown you're smoking? Jack Brown. I had the, the wrong. Yeah, there's a Willie Lee or something, right, in there? Willie Lee is a uh, Toro. I have the Jack Jack Brown. Okay, right. that, that's what I thought. Sorry about that. I didn't mean I to throw you off. I wrote the wrong one. But... That's okay. Uh, yeah, so we just sort of wrote it down, and Coop picked the first song, so why don't you start us off, Coop, and talking about the song that we both started with and, like, why you chose it and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, Dave came to me with the idea after the last show, and I was, like, all on board with it, right? And and I and I said, I have a perfect song I'd like to start with, and I didn't know we were going to do the same song, and Dave Dave graciously agreed to do it. Um, The song is Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry. And the reason for that is I think a lot of I've discussed a lot of my dad and grandfather's connections of, of being in the music industry as uh, providing chauffeur services and limousines. And uh, my grandfather actually had an opportunity to not only drive the, the band Wild Cherry, but play that funky music became one of his favorite songs like, uh, uh, you know, in his 60s. Like he loved this song. So my grandfather's anniversary of passing, I knew we were recording the show today. So I asked Dave if we could pick this song and he was graciously to agree with it, which I was like very honored. So thank you, Dave. Um, and, but that was my rationale. It was, it was kind of to honor my grandfather uh, today who, who passed away 41 years ago. Nah, good. Of course, Coop. Good work. Thanks for yep. the story and offering up that song. Yep. Um, so, all right. So I think how we do this is we can go back and forth. Yeah. So we both got the same song. And then like I'll go to what whatever I did next, and then you go to what, and then we'll just do that. Yeah, we'll just kind of reference the previous song that we picked and how we yeah. connected it. Yeah. So I I went. This is all me. I'm just like all existential. It's like in the moment. These connections are like all over the place. So I lo I love that song. Uh, I, I love the bass in it. It has a kind of a classic iconic right. bass right. line. And it got me thinking of like as I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, what are some other really good bassists that I really like? Oh, this is good. I like the angle you're going to. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm like, I, I like this reminds me a lot of like Flea. Like I really like Flea as a bassist. He's mm -hmm. a great bassist. So the next song I went to was Red Hot Chili Peppers with Give It Away. Oh, that's a great pick. And, and I'm like, this is just great bass. It's the classic off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. This bass is amazing. Anthony Kiedis is a bit crazy on that track. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, oh, so I, I started like going down this like bassist sort of sort of line. And I went I went with Red Hot Chili Peppers 
give it away after that. Oh, uh, Flea is just when you see Flea do that live. Oh, it'd be uh, crazy. He, you know, Flea has got that. Flea's got that gift that a few, only a few bassists has, where he can make the bass the lead instrument of a song. Yes, and he does it with that song brilliantly. That's a good pick, actually. I didn't, you know, that was a good kind of transition. I'm just going. I'm just vibing. Mine's all vibes. Mine too. So what, what did What did you get there, Coop? I went in a very different direction to start with. Oh, right? I love it. But I love did it. take your. I used this approach that you did down the road. So Wild Cherry. Um, I just had the term cherry. In my head. Yes. Um, And the song that came to me with Cherry was Cherry Cherry by Neil Diamond. Nice. So not wow. it's, a, it's a completely different. I went with a completely different vibe, uh, Love it. which is ironic because I, I I wanted to stay into the R&B disco route, which I didn't really do. But but yeah, I and I love that song. Um, Just this is it's mm. one of in the me it's it's. It's what I would I talk about these Mount Rushmore um Neil Diamond songs. Cherry Cherry to me is a uh, an amazing the riffs in that song, guitar riffs are just incredible. Um um but yeah, that was and that's a nineteen sixty six song I went back to with mm. that. So yeah, I took the wild cherry and, and went, went to, to Cherry Cherry. And went to Cherry I so I took the band name and went to a song title name with this Love one. Love it. Yeah. I uh, it's and then it's another sign that we have to do a Neil Diamond show. We, yeah, another we do. Sign. We do. Yes, we do have to do a. Neil we talk Diamond. about this like every other episode. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm like bassist, right? Like I'm getting into bassist, and you know when you think bassist, Coop, you got Flea, but what's another bassist that you think of? Of course, Bootsy Collins. Okay, you went well, all right. So I went with Bootsy Collins and Bootzilla. Nice pick, yeah. I was I was on this bassist kick. It's just this Starship funk. It's just really, it Bootsy like jumping in there. Like it's just so great. Bootsilla is just a great, great song. That that is a great transition. There, I like where you went with that. Uh, my transition in a little bit is going to be jarring. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wait till you see a couple. I have too. I. Yeah, so again, this is just what we did. We started listening to something on Spotify, and we when we figured out what we wanted to listen to next, we kind of just vibed it. Like it's all vibe. There's not a, a science. I mean, uh, now I'm not thinking I overthought this. By the way, no, I so, underthought it. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So we got. So I'm going with Bootsy. You got Neil Diamond, Cherry Cherry. Where do you go from there? You're listening to that. All right. So Cherry Cherry, that riff I talked about. Yeah. It, there's a great guitar. It's more of an acoustic style guitar you're getting there. Um, and then I started, I, there's hundreds of tracks you can start thinking about, right? That you can create a riff like mm. that. But I didn't mm. want to quite just do something duplicate. I wanted to do, I, I, I wanted to look at that acoustic sound. And I said, what's a track that maybe doesn't have the heavy acoustic sound, but it's acoustic enough that would it would satisfy me? Okay. Um and the song that came to mind um and this is a like I said this I'm really going in a strange direction with this one I'll tell you because you want to talk about rap this may be rat hole right um right I went with uh, a monkey song a little bit all right a little bit me Dude, and it's got that guitar and that guitar is the whole thing wow. that, that guitar makes that song again it's not a heavy riff that you get those that in Cherry Cherry but it's enough where all right you know it was. It's kind of in the same time frame. So I am staying in the 60s with that. 
But yeah, Love I it. went with the sound more than the riff, if that makes sense here. No, that's great. And and like we've talked, we had that monkey show. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. Oh, love that. Yeah. It, and that's, that's, that's my, I, by the way, on the TV show, it's one of my favorite episodes. Um, that's right. They, they're, they're basically, uh, they're, they're, they, they're working on a movie set, right? And they start sabotaging the star of the movie. Like they're playing pranks on him. They're just doing, they're stealing his girlfriends. It's, it, 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 and, and, during the part where they're playing the pranks on him, they play this song, right? It's it's, it's just Dolan's, you know, going oh, for it. Yeah. They get Mike Nesmith walking around with the cap <laughs> on it. Yeah, so really, 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 really good stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's Love it. so I'm, I'm I'm way off the reservation from hey, hey from uh, play that funky music at this point. You can say I'm I'm sort of still in the vicinity. I'm gonna go off in a little bit, but I got. So the next one, I'm listening to Bootsy Collins and I'm thinking like Starship Funk because he's like the Mothership Funk, you know, with Parliament and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, didn't Marvin Gaye do a star to do a Mothership Funk song? So I, so I go to Marvin Gaye and and he did. It's called A Funky Space Reincarnation by Marvin Gaye. Oh wow! Where it's it's this like seven eight minute <laughs> like trippy Starship Funk like song by Marvin Gaye. It's his mothership funk song. Uh, and it's this great mix of full and suck. So I'm I'm just sort of I'm I'm kind of still sort of like even though I'm going to these different bands, I'm still sort of like grounded in this like wild cherry funk place. Right, right. Which is gonna quickly turn. Yeah. But I'm still sort of there. And I got this Marvin Gaye, a funky space reincarnation. Is the name of the name of the track, which is just like a crazy name for a track. Interesting, interesting. Uh, and the only reason I think I remember that because like I did a funk show with Matt Booth. Uh, speaking Matt. of, you know, thinking of uh, veterans, and and he brought that up. It's like wow. Oh, you're right. I, I, you know, I forgot about. I always forget about that one. To be honest with you, I will never forget. I never forget interviewing Matt Booth because. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> uh, oh, you de- you definitely know. Um, uh, I, I know. You know, the best thing about Matt Booth, get Bear to do the interview because Matt Booth is totally calm when Bear's on. Really? When I when Bear and I interviewed him, it was the most sane interview I ever had with him. Jesus. Bear, Bear's just this calming influence. What, Bear is this Bear is calm. And I'll say this, Bear has gotten more out of like Bear really I don't know what it is. Matt doesn't pick on Bear. So <laughs> <laughs> Um Uh your next one is you got the monkeys. You're in this place. You're guitar riffing. Right. Um. I'm still on the guitar angle, and but I got to get out of the '60s at this point. Right? Yeah, yeah. I got to get out of here. So, and I want to expand on the guitar angle a little more. So I so I was looking for a song that had a combination of acoustic and electric guitar, and there's a track from this band that it opens up with, with kind of this cool acoustic start, and then it goes into heavier electric guitar. And the band is um, Boston with Peace of Mind. All right. So, Wait, what's band the, we, yeah. What's Peace the song of again? Peace, Peace, Peace nice. of Mind. Yeah, it's a da-na-na-na. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's yeah, 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 yeah. And, and look, in my yeah. thing, so, and this was a monster album uh, that came out when Boston came out. Uh, it just they. Oh, told, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, a lot of people more than a feeling is a song. I think that was more popular, but the better song was this, uh, was the second track on the album, uh, which was Peace of Mind. It's uh, it's an amazing track, and it kind of got me. It brings me out of that '60s more acoustic, and I was able to put some more electric into this right now. Um, with 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 that. So, uh, again, I've kind of completely gone off the reservation here at this mm. point, but I am trying to oh. bridge these things as we go along. You're gonna, you're gonna, you think you've, you, you think you've gone in the left field. Wait till you see when, wait till you see my next one. <laughs> so I, uh, okay. So I'm listening to Marvin Gaye, a funky space reincarnation, and I'm like, didn't the Carpenters do like some weirdo <laughs> UFO song? And I, so I go to the Carpenters, and the song, I didn't pick this song, but the song I was looking for was calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft. But then I got to the Carpenters page. I'm like, I can, I, I love this song. I have to listen to it whenever I, I listen to the Carpenters. And that is Superstar. So oh, I, great, I, went great looking, song. Great song. I went looking for one song, but I ended up listening to another song, right. which is Superstar. And, and, and there's this like, there's this, oh, it was like a year ago where at work, we just listened to Carpenters Gold like every day for like a, for like months. It, it, and it was all about the carpet. I love the track. I love the I love the chorus on the track. Oh, it it is the, so good. It is the scene of the movie Tommy Boy. Yes. So they're doing the you know they're trying to find what's on the radio and they can't agree on a song and you like this song? Yeah, it's okay. And, you, and then David Tom uh, what do you call it? Uh, Chris Farley goes, "You like this song?" Yeah. And David Spade, "Yeah, I like it." And David Spade goes. It's okay. Yeah, go okay. <laughs> then and then a minute later they're they're, they're doing the chorus down the road. <laughs> oh God, I love this song. Oh, so, it, yeah, yeah, great song. So it to- so now I've totally shifted. Yeah, but yeah, Carpenter Superstars, where I ended up there. Yep. So you got Boston, all right, and now so, you're saying you're gonna you're gonna really switch it up. Big so turn I went, here. I, I went with a big turn. Okay, so I was I have. Really, when I started with Play Out Funky Me, I went with three guitar songs, right? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I went into the set, like 60s and 70s. I said, I got to do something different here, right? So what I did is I looked at this album, um, Boston, the Boston album. Um, yep. And there's two things that um, I can bring to the table with this. Is Number one is it was a debut album. Yep, okay. And number And number two... It was the second track off the debut album. Oh, here we go. Yep. Uh, so I said, all right, let me look for another artist with a debut album and find a really good second track and mm. maybe get away from this guitar thing. So I did. I went to the 80s. I switched it up from guitar to piano. Ooh. And I went I went uh, to Bruce Hornsby in the uh, range, uh, the way it is album, picked the second track off this album which is Every Little Kiss. So it's a little bit of a deeper cut, but I think people may have heard this song. It's got a really, uh, it, it, it's a heavier keyboard-driven, piano-driven song by Bruce Hornsby. Uh, it's one of his more popular songs off that first album. And uh, so I completely changed the gears with this one. A little bit of a deeper nice. cut. It's a deeper cut, but it was one that is, I would say, in the Hornsby fandom, people like this song. And I think, uh, you know, he plays that with the range, but it is a piano-driven song. 
Uh, it's got that. It starts off with way down here, working on the docks, and it's a, and you hit oh, that piano, yep. and the piano's driving the song. So, so yeah, I got out of the guitar mode, and I and I used this debut album, second track off the album, uh, second, you know, second in in terms of uh album construction, not second yeah. single release, and I got away from that. So, uh, <laughs> and I I completely uh was able to get out of the zone there with that. Yeah. So we're we are both way off. So yeah. Yeah, we're going I, I in got, different directions. Yeah. Wait to see where I go next. Both, yeah. We're both far removed from Wild Cherry. And and so I'm listening and I love this song. And I love uh the vocals on it. And I'm like, you know another song I love that has this sort of because what I like about the Carpenters, it has this sort of darkness to it. Like very much. Um it's it, it so but it's still like these poppy songs, but it has this like dark sort of side, which I really like. Um I went with the Mamas and the Papas Coop. Oh, nice! And I went with California Dreamin'. Um, one of my favorite. You know, we never talked about this on the show. There's so much music. That's one of my favorite tracks of all time. I love this track because it also has this like darkness to it. You know, it, it very yeah. It it um, it's a melancholy song for sure. Yes. Uh, but this track just moves. Like when I was listening to it, the pace of this track, like it just moves this song. Like it just really has a good pace. I was at a um, part. I was at a party years ago. This is about going back to 1990, and we did a sing along with that song. Oh, it's such a great really, song. Yeah, it is a great song. I don't know how the sing along came about, but we did. But but this like just this like I'm in this dark place. I'm dreaming of California, yep. the sun and everything. I'm yeah. in this winter, like desolate. You know. I, I loved it, and and it really it really connects with the carpenters with me for whatever reason. It, it does. I could definitely see the connection. That's a good connection you made with that. Uh, you know, as far as the mamas and the papas go, this is, in my opinion, this is their definitive. Like we, I know we did that show. Who the artists, like the songs they're most associated with. That would be one I would absolutely put on. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's a fantastic song. So yeah, I went with I went with I went with that. Yep. So I'm at Mamas and the Papas, like really getting into my, you know, I'm brooding, you know. Uh, Coop is listening to Bruce Hornsby, thinking of like great debut records. Where do you go from here? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go switch gears hard with this one. Uh, piano, I'm now on piano. Yeah. I went from guitar to piano. I took a little bridge to kind of get there. <laughs> but, yeah. So I have to go, Billy Joel. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm like, so, when is he coming on? Yeah, well, the piano man is now here. If I'm going from if, if Bruce Hornsby's the the he, he, I I would say Bruce Hornsby is a piano man, and yes. Billy Joel is the piano man. The piano man. All yes. right. So, um, I picked. I had to really pick an interesting song here. Um, and remember, okay. I was doing I was doing some of this. Um, I was doing some of this when I was in Miami. All yes. right. So when I was kind of doing in the car driving down to Miami, uh, what song comes to mind with, with Miami is Miami 2017 and uh, a great piano song in there. Um, and it's uh, so in there, and this is going to be key, is it's Miami 2017, but it's kind of in parentheses, seeing the lights go out on Broadway. Ah. So, oh, I'm getting a lot here. And I really, I'm, so, and this is, this was important because I knew where I could go with this even after this song. I got Miami in there. 
I got New York in there and I got the oh. piano in it. And Billy Joe's wow. piano is amazing in that. Uh, at the beginning and the end of this, the book ends of the song is amazing. So and it's it's probably, like I said, it's one. Is this from the Turnstiles album? So this is going back a little. Okay. Bit but this is classic Piano Man. It's a it's a I don't want to say it's a very deep cut track, but it's not. It's probably one people have heard, but you probably have to be a little more of a Billy Joel fan to hear it because it is a popular song yet. And uh, yeah, so I went Miami 17, seen the lights go out on Broadway, which I think has more of a New York vibe than a Miami vibe anyway. Right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, so you're, you're going to Billy Joel. I am right you're, now. You're the my, mamas and my... the papas. You know what the mamas and the papas is. <laughs> Right now in my rabbit hole, I'm in a dark place, and I'm loving it. I'm really yeah. connecting with dark right. songs for some reason. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself as I'm listening to that, like, this is an iconic song. Like, you hear California Dreaming, it immediately takes you to, like, a time and place, like an era of music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what's the – I'm thinking to myself, like, what's another sort of iconic track that really is really, you know, has darkness to it, but also, like, really connects with a specific genre of music? And Coop's going to be excited for this. Uh-huh. So the next track I go to is Diana Ross and the Supremes with Reflections. Oh, wow. That's a great one. Good job. Yeah. Very dark. And whenever I hear that song, like it, it just defines I, it is a dark that track. era of music. It's yeah. a very dark track. For even Diana Ross, that's, I'd say it's one of the darkest songs they, the Supremes did. And I love that song. And it's it's just it's a it's a pretty dark track. It defines music for me. So so now I'm now I'm lis- I'm listening to I'm in it. Mamas and Papas right into right into Reflections, which is a song I love. I probably listened to it like three times in a row. Uh, again, right, it's <laughs> funny because those if I'm doing lists of my favorite songs, those are in my top twenty for sure. I mean those are those are two great songs in my uh, iconic songs. Yeah. So we're in totally different spaces right now. Yeah. Like, like yeah. with our song. Yeah. So you got Billy Joel. You're like, yep, loving the piano, loving the Billy Joel. Yeah. Got the Miami, the New York. Where Where are you next? You know, when I when I veered off from like, I really blew it in the beginning. I wanted to say like I could have veered into disco. Right. Hey, Her, why not? He, well, I could have veered into disco with the first song. I did. And I went through this whole like uh, guitar and then piano. And uh, but I got to get this. I got to get something. But we gotta, we're going to end up there somehow. Yeah. I got to get there. Right. And and I knew when I picked Miami 2017, seeing the lights go out on Broadway, I knew I could pick the next song very easy. So I went it very easy. Uh, I went Bee Gees Nights <laughs> yeah. on Broadway. Uh, oh, nice. Yep. A, a, uh, now, the interesting thing about that song is it does have some guitar riffs in there. Right. Even though it's okay. a disco song. But. It was still very associated with the uh, with the disco era that song, uh, and there were and I I debated there was another way I could have went with the next track and I didn't, um where I could have went with some of those disco songs with with guitar and I I didn't but I stayed here, and I said look I got the I got a good song here it's it's a perfect tie in to um to uh the previous song with the Broadway theme. And yes. to me, this is like a, a great Bee Gees track. Uh, with, it's got the Barry Gibb falsetto, like one of the best falsettos yes. of any yep. of the songs here. So I got back. I got to the Bee Gees somehow. I'm happy here. I'm in a happy. I'm in a more positive place than happy you are right place. now. Oh, yeah. you definitely are. I mean, to go, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm loving the space that I'm in in this rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to stay there for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I'm very interested. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm at Nights on Broadway, which I believe was that my sixth or seventh one. That's my seventh one. So we're getting towards the end of this right now. Yeah. So I'm on I'm on eight. Yep. And I'm like, I'm loving these dark, trippy songs. But much like Coop is like, I gotta get out of the 60s. I'm like, I gotta get into something current. I gotta get back to current music. Right. I'm like, but who in current music is doing dark stuff? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Olivia Rodrigo is. There you go. I'm like, but I wasn't feeling it, Coop. Okay. I wasn't feeling it. I'm like, but then I went, we all knew that, you know, I didn't, you know, I'm going to say, spoiler alert, there's no Dolly on the song list. We talked Dolly earlier, but we knew it was going to end up here sooner or later, right? Right. Might as well just do it now. It's Taylor Swift with Antihero. That's a great, yeah, that's a great segue. I'm like, this is probably one of the darker tracks she has. Um... You could have went with Coney Island, uh, yeah, you know, something like that. But yeah, this is this is a good one to stay there. I get that. The the reason I went with it is I was thinking like with the Supremes, like who's doing dark stuff now, like like you know, and not counting like metal and whatever, but like who's like doing dark pop now, you know? And I'm like, oh, her and Olivia Rodrigo. Right. Uh, but I think Anti Hero has this sort of synth in it, and they have these kind of bent chords in it, so yeah. it's sort of trippy like Reflections yeah. is. Um, so that's why I went with that. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get really dark in this wow. next song. I really lay into it. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I'm so right now, if you think of our rabbit holes, I'm like sinking down into it. Yeah. Right? And Coop is coming out into the into I'm, the I'm life. going in, I feel like I'm going in circles <laughs> with mine where you have a better pass, which is kind of interesting. Because I, like, I, I am like falling into yeah. an abyss. Yeah. Um and what so you got BGs? Yep. Where you where you go from there? You got so, a lot of bees going on here. I do have a lot of bees, but uh, okay. So I I was the original pick here. I'll tell you what the original pick is and why I didn't go. Okay. I was gonna go. I was gonna All go right. Donna Summer Hot Stuff, which is yes. a song that has a disco, mm-hmm. but it had very rock vibe to it. We talked about that song. Like, was it last show? Show before or something? Like that? Because we talked about that show on a previous. Yeah, I think it was the last show. Um. I didn't want to rehash it, and I wanted yep. to get a little more modern as well because I'd been stuck in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I looked at this, and I said, how can I get at least to the last 15 to 20 years and stay in the disco realm? Get at least, yeah. <laughs> so I go to a, a one of the great albums of all time, Confessions on the Dance Floor by Madonna. Oh, yes. And I go with the song because we're talking Broadway. I love New York. Oh, which is an amazing, an amazing track. It's very much a Euro synth type of feel. Even though it's a song about New York, you feel like it's more of a European vibe. Um, mm. If you've ever seen Madonna perform this song live, her dancing oh. is the best on this song. Um, and it's 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 an amazing song. Um, to me, it's it's a little more. It's probably the deepest cut I have on this album uh, or, or on the on the list for sure. But it, it's it's a favorite of mine, and I was able to continue to keep the Broadway New York mm. theme going. Uh, but I get this Euro, I get this European like vibe mm. with this song too. So I feel like it's a little different. And okay, I check a box. I'm in the two thousand. I'm in two thousand six right now. <laughs> so so everything's kind of checked. I can check some boxes here, and at least try to not go back to the sixties again. And uh, yeah, so now I'm in this Euro Euro dance thing here. I love that. That is such a great album, Confessions. It's it's, it's you know, so I, good. 
it is it is definitely uh album archaeology worthy in my opinion um but it is the definitive it's it's my favorite madonna album it's one of my favorite albums of that decade actually was that i mean we're talking we were talking Taylor Swift and comparing to Madonna earlier. And when did yeah. that album come out? You say like 2000? I think at the end of 2005 it came out. So it was like very late in the year it came out. And it was a big album in 2006. I mean, Taylor Swift is great and all. She's been making music for a while. But look at Madonna. She has hit records in 83, right? Yeah. 83, 84. She has another hit record in Ray of Light, which was what it would have been what? Like 97 or something eight? like that. Yeah, 97, 98. 97? Like- yeah. And then again with confessions like that's insane. And, and there's so much I could talk about that album. And the best thing she did, she didn't try to do it again. She moved on to oh. something different because you were not going to top that album. There, there was no. nothing. Uh, I, when I always when I remember we did an old Stogie Geek show and I think we did a five album segment. I remember I had that one on there. It's just it's it's such a when that album came out, it was like a return to my, uh, you know, the days in New York with, with the disco. So it, and no one's done it better than she did on Confessions, that album. Man. Confessions. And and I love New York. It's a deeper track. But, man, it's mm. got a it's a Euro Euro dance. I, I feel like it's a song that is more suited to hearing like a German disco. Mm. But yeah, but 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 it's a great track. Mm. It's that EDM. You start getting a little that EDM feel with it too. Yeah, yeah. And she leans more into that, like in future records. But Absolutely, yeah. but she doesn't go disco. She kind of goes more no. modern EDM. Yeah, more modern EDM. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was listening to Antihero. Uh huh. About halfway through, I'm like, let's just lean all the way into this, right? Like, what is the darkest song I can think of? <laughs> like, what is like the most heartbreaking song? Still a modern, so I want to. I'm kind of like I want to stay modern, or like current. What's the darkest one I can think of? And what I came up with is Lord's Liability. Wow, are you going? Yeah, which is is my next one. It has a line in the song coop, right? There is a line in the song. It's probably the most heartbreaking song I know. The line, the verse reads, "The truth is, I'm a toy that people enjoy." Until all the tricks don't work anymore, and then they get bored of me. <laughs> I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like she talks about like dancing alone in her in her apartment because no one wants to be yeah. with her. Yeah. It is not good. It is so. I am in a dark place. Yeah, but loving it because I love Lord. Uh, she did this song in concert. It was amazing. Um, yeah. so yeah, Lord Liability. I am. Like if, like like if you think of the movie The Ring and the Well, like I'm at the bottom of the well. Right. I am all the way down. You are. <laughs> I am. Yeah. It coops. It coops. You know, in some German club with Madonna. I'm in some German club with Madonna. <laughs> which I'm kind of going around in circles, just kind of like uh, it, it. I I kept going. This is more like a rat hole. I'm going down with this. <laughs> you you okay, kind of had a rat so, hole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so you got Madonna. Oh yeah, I'm definitely rabbit hole. Like I'm not seeing the light yeah. at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got Madonna. You're in the German club. Where do you go from there? Well, Dave, funny you say that, right? Oh, here so, we go. So yeah, I I have this German club, European club theme in mind. I have EDM in my mind. Yeah. Um, and the band immediately that comes to mind was the Pet Shop Boys. 
Yes. How do I, how do I work the Pet Shop Boys into this? Now, this was a little tougher to do. That fits, though. It fits, right? Um, I thought about West End Girls because, uh, mm. but it's the remix that's more of that Europe. I had to get something that captured yes. the European vibe a little better. Mm -hmm. Um, the song I ended up going with, uh, because again with the Madonna song, I always kind of compliment on that dance, right? So, um, mm -hmm. as far as that one, this is a track that they did off their third album. It's called Domino Dancing. Ooh. So it's a little bit of a slower, slightly slower pace, right? But it has that whole Europe. It has a very big European vibe on that. Um, mm -hmm. where it, but it definitely, I would say, if I had a look at the their career, it's it's a very it's very Euro European. Where I still feel like I'm in the German the German club here. Um, yes, I still feel like I'm in the German club. And uh, but it's a but it is a little bit of a slower pace compared to I Love New York. But I got the dance, I got. I got the dance connection here. I got the dance theme here. I got the European a little EDM going. So I was able to, I thought this was the better fit here. Um, yeah. And I, so it is a really good track. This was off their third album, Domino Dancing. Uh, so they were very well established by then. And, and also really the Pet Shop Boys were, were becoming more of a European force than a, mm -hmm. a U.S. force. They had some success in the U.S., but the Pet Shop Boys are monsters in, in Europe. They're huge. They're huge throughout Europe. Yeah, and I mean, what was that last year they put out that EP? Yeah, it was very um, good. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, they're due for another album, I would say, too. And and they are really overdue for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I don't understand how they're not in it. Um, I, maybe have they been the nominated? Um, they have not been nominated. That's see, that's more surprising. If, you, if you're gonna look, if you're gonna be open to all inclusions of music, there's no reason why the Pet Shop Boys have not earned a nomination here. And look, I love In Excess. I still would put the Pet Shop Boys ahead of In Excess and Tears for Fears for getting in the Hall of Fame first. Mm. And they we've talked about this. They have a bit of a. I mean, they had George this year, but they do have a bit of a bias against like that '80s. They they do. They almost like just skip over it. They, they? they they do. Um, it's only been in recent years. You know, George should have got in like like Andrew said, he should have got in when he was alive. Uh, yeah. Andrew was talking about that and he, and, and he should have um, because he was just such a cre I mean, he was just such a creative force. I wouldn't look. I wouldn't put the Pet Shop Boys as a creative force like George Michael, but they they the, the Rock of a Hall of Fame is not kind to the international artists. Uh, no, I but mean, I mean they, you look. Yeah. Yeah. Craftwork oh, go got in though, but Craftwork yeah. got in, so yeah. But you look even this year, right? Like you have I mean DJ Cool Herc maybe, but I mean that's a different thing, but you have George Michael, right? And then they got what? They got Cheryl Crow, Rage Against the Machine. Like they go straight to like the nineties almost. And like just skip over you know. Yeah. They either go like way before Link, like Link Ray and stuff, or they go yeah. like, I don't know. They just don't like it. No, they don't. Um, it, you know, we haven't gotten to the twenty-five <laughs> years with the two thousand yet, so that's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, you got Missy Elliott, and that's ninety, like late eighties, early nineties. They, yeah. they just skip over it entirely. It's bizarre. Yeah, exactly. So, but they haven't been kind to the eighties. Are it's like I still think Brian Adams is Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, t I mean, Talking Heads maybe, but that's like, yeah. A critic's pick, really. That's anyway. a critic. You know, fish, fish is yeah. out of the eighties. I think. Oh, fish, yeah. I think fish has certainly earned the right to have a hall of fame induction. At least get nominated. Um, At least get nominated. They haven't yet. 
All right. So I'm nearing the end of my playlist. I'm like, I got to get out of here. Right. <laughs> so I'm listening to the song. I'm like, you know, I, I need to lift myself up and out of the darkness right now. I need out. And so um, what I thought was, what, what came to mind is like, I'm going to go check out some Missy Elliott, see if that does it for me. Right? Because I love Missy Elliott. So I went to Missy Elliott. I'm like, what? She has a new single. Like, what is this? And so I listened to that. It's called, it's, she's a, it's a single she's featured on. It's Flyanna Boss, which is like, it's like a, a hip hop women duo uh, featuring Missy Elliott. And it's called You Wish. And it's a new track um, that I'll have a review on, unless I've written one. I think I'll have a review on it soon. So I want to get out of there. Missy Elliott brings me out of there. This is a great track. They're just going for it. They got a line in there which connects up to my Marvin Gaye. Uh, one of the women has a bar in there that says, uh, you can call me Marvin Gaye because you know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Missy Elliott goes in there. She 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 raps about being in the Hall of Fame. It's uh -huh. great. Nice. Um, yeah. It's a great track. Uh, it's great to see Missy Elliott on a track, even if it's a feature and it's just a cameo. Um, it's good to see her still putting out music because she doesn't put out a ton of music anymore. Uh, um, she's still got it. It's a cool new track. It's going to make the top 50. Yeah, uh, no, it's a good, good one. And it, and, it, and it totally got me out of out of the uh, the, the deep, dark well <laughs> I went into. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was, there was definitely a downward trajectory once I hit uh, the Carpenters. It just went downhill quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But that's okay. Yeah. And I, and I came out of it with Missy Elliott, so... So how? So you're at Pet Shop, but you're dancing. I'm you're dancing. Like... I'm in the German, but I went to a dark, I went to a dark place for the final song. Whoa! Okay, so a bit I of said, a reversal. Let me let me read you the lyrics of this song, and I don't think oh, you'll no. know the song, but let me just read you some of the lyrics. Oh here. God! Okay, here we go. All right, blood on the windows. Millions oh, of ordinary people out there. They gaze at the scenery. They act as perfectly clear. Take a look at the mountains. Take a look at the beautiful liver of blood. The, oh, liquid the liquid surrounds me. I fight to rise from this river of hell. I stare around about me. Children are swimming and playing with boats. The features are changing. Their bodies dissolve, and I am alone. Now, that's dark. Oh, my God. You know who that is? <laughs> is that? I want to say it's Peter Gabriel, but I don't know if it you're is. Very, is you're it? very close. This is the Phil Collins connection. So oh, this is, this is Phil Collins? I went Genesis. I went Genesis. Because I'm in Europe, and Genesis was big in Europe, and it was an easy transition here because the name of this song is called Domino. So I went from Domino My dancing God. to Domino, and I went to a dark place, <laughs> and there was a Phil Collins connection I got at the end of this. And this is where I wound up. This is, a, this is from the Invisible Touch album, and it's the one song that the Genesis fans who were not happy about the pop move. Oh. This had much more of a progressive vibe. It was actually a two song. Domino's divided into two separate songs uh, in the glow of the night and the last Domino. And these are lyrics yeah. from the last Domino. Dark, God. but Domino dancing, Europe, Domino. I got Genesis in there. And <laughs> I ended up in a very dark place where uh, bodies are oh. dissolving and I'm alone. So <laughs> That is full on. So it was easy I, when I when I went Domino dancing. It was just uh, how do I end this? Right, I, well, Domino. There's another song called Domino. Yeah. 
and it's a European. So yeah, I'm out of the disc. I'm in a bad place. I'm in some uh, river of blood, like wherever. I'm in some fantasy land right now. I ended dark See, here. Oh, that is dark. I I would never have thought that Phil Collins would be associated with. I mean, that's why I said um, Peter Gabriel. Like that sounds sort of like something Peter Gabriel would write. You were very close. You were very close with that. Um, that and is. I, and I and I wow. think when they when they did Invisible Touch. The way yeah. they kind of went is they had the music and then they kind of improvised the lyrics. That I think is not they, Invisible Touch. I think, that, but I think they basically said we have to do something to keep our core fans happy because this is this has been a staple of their concerts ever since '86. It's always played there, uh, but it is a dark. It is a definite darker Genesis song for modern oh, Genesis. God. Um. Yeah, I ended in a bad place. Uh, that is. Put confessions back on, man. Jeez. <laughs> it wasn't like it's funny. You went down this dark road. I knew yeah. I was ending with something darker. When you made the Phil Collins comment at the beginning, I just held it back. I said, Yeah, we're gonna oh, we're gonna get I never in a million years would have uh there, guessed that. There was a couple of points where I did look at we said hello goodbye as the piano thing, and I just Oh yeah. But there was, so there was a lot of paths I could have taken along the way as, as well as you could, but it was interesting where where we how we wound up at these songs from oh. from from just playing play that funky music. Wild Cherry, yeah, yeah. Just oh, uh, I, I think we should do more of these. Um, I really think they're oh. fun, and you learn a lot about. You know, it does get you into the music, the lyrics, the themes. It, it, it's a really this was a great ex. This was a lot of fun exercise. Oh, that was uh, great. And if folks I, have like yeah, ra uh, rabbit holes from that song, give us yours as well. Yeah, give us your rabbit hole. Yeah, and like, give us a. Give us a song to do. Be like, start with this song. Yeah. Yep. It, what What I love about it is like when you're listening to music and, and you're like Coop and I, right? Or probably like a lot of people. I mean, if you're listening to this show, yeah, you have so many different musical connections. As when you're listening to one song, it starts, starts pinging you off and you're thinking about all these other tracks. And yeah, it's just cool to go through the thought process. That was fun. That was yeah, great. I was worried I overthought it. Right. I was really worried I overthought no. it, but I'm glad I didn't because now it sounds like I did it like how you did it. No. So. Oh, uh, we just kind of right. took different, di very different <laughs> paths. We did. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, that was great. No, that I was... loved. It. I, phew, I'll do that every week. Yeah, this is uh this was a lot of fun. So I think we could uh definitely plan on more shows with this one. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. speaking it was, of, uh, yep. I was gonna say, speaking of Peter Gabriel, if people want to do some uh, future album archaeology homework, have a listen to IO. His new record coming out. It's not totally out yet, right? Has, has this the whole is thing the thing. This is the thing. It yeah. is, and it's not. Right. <laughs> it it he's released singles on every full moon, and he's gonna put all the singles together on a record. And maybe the last single will come out when the record comes out. Yeah. It I told a Texas Coop, it is the highest concept album I have ever heard of. Who else would do that but Peter Gabriel? It is like we gotta do the album archaeology of that record is going to feel like learning quantum physics. It is insane. Yeah, I, I definitely like listening to the tracks. I definitely would, would say we do that. Um, I got to say, I, Peter Gabriel's touring, actually. Um, and he's my yeah, he friend. He's touring this him, record, yeah. And I've heard unbelievable things about this tour, what he's been on. Yeah, he's touring the record. Um, yeah, yeah, which it's a kind of a shame because, you know, Phil... I don't want to see Phil. Look, I love Phil. Oh, no, 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 no. Enjoy your retirement, Phil. Don't, don't do yeah. it again. Yeah. I mean, it was sad to see Phil. Well, he was uh, in poor health for a while. Is he still? I think, I think he's in. Yeah. And I think the tour obviously probably took some out of him a couple of years ago. 
But yeah, I would, you know, I, I think he's still in, I don't think he's in great health. Mm. Um, I think it's more physical problems he's having. But I told Coop in a text as I was reading about this record, listening to it, I said, this new record by Peter Gabriel makes Dark Side of the Moon look like a five-year-old's drawing of a horse. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so we will have an uh, – we will def- – once that is all done, I don't know when it will be done, uh, but 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 oh, we will have something on that for sure. It's crazy. Um. Anyway, New Music 45. Yeah. The Hustle Crew, which I just ordered some cigars from, actually. Yeah, Um. absolutely. Um. Scar Hustler located in Deltona, Florida, just outside Orlando. Um, they have one of the best stores I've been to in the country. Uh, they have a great uh selection of uh, boutiques, tried and true cigars. Uh, fantastic lounge, great customer service. Uh, so we, I, I would tell you to get down there. If you're not able to get down there, go to scarhustler.com. Follow them on social media. They do a lot of their limited drops. They do have the Tatawai Anarchies. Uh, there as well. Yes, the they're, NFT ones. Yeah, yeah, they're a hundred bucks. They're a hundred bucks. So, uh, but they're which is what everyone's doing. But they got them. Yeah. Um, yeah. they're not. So that's good. Um, and like I said, they do a lot of their limited drops come in. Um, from time to time. Uh, you can go listen to a cigar hustlers podcast. I got I got called out on them again on a previous show. Oh, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't print the press release that Mike Palmer got promoted to director of social media. So they're mad at me. He is. Yeah, but 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 there is a the reason is, <laughs> and I talked about this with Bear. Um, the problem is a lot of these director of social media roles are um, that's where just they're not real. I, this may be a real job, but there's a lot of them that aren't real jobs. They're like, yeah, so it's like, oh, oh, I put a yeah. thing in a few years ago. We're not covering those. Um, yeah. nothing, nothing. I'm sure Mike's doing a great job with that, but so they were mad at me. They were they were mad at all of the media. None of the media <laughs> covered it. In fairness, so oh no, yeah. But oh, uh, gosh. but a cigar hustles podcast is probably one of the most unique podcasts out there. Oh, it's uh, gotta be. It, it's definitely uh raw and filtered, and they say it, it is. Yeah, so definitely check it out. We always get. I always like when they get called. We get called out on it. So, or I do. So that's cool. well. There you go. Well, yeah. they listen to this show. Definitely, yeah. oh, shows are listening. Yeah. Um, I just and if you want, I just ordered some cigars from there because in, in a future episode, I don't know when I'll get them, but I'm gonna be featuring the one of the Pravada cigars, the Malibu Rick. I, I know you've been into this cigar. It's gonna it's gonna be featured. I, yeah. I had to order a couple more to I, feature I, it, but I didn't yeah. like the branding on it. It was too Barbie. It'll be honest. <laughs> well, Ken it's, Bar- it's, it's <laughs> Provada though, man. It's Provada. It's pro- I don't like that they did that. I don't think they need to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's my opinion. But um, you know, let the let Mattel toys deal with hey. them. Yeah. yeah, they can yeah. that's Provada's that's their gig, man. They're like, well, we'll <laughs> make it as close they, as humanly possible, and they, we'll just try to get them sold before have, we get the cease and desist. But they don't have to do that. They're so creative to I begin know. with. Like I don't see Aaron why had it, that yeah. in that amazing interview. Aaron had that same point. Like right, yeah, it, that's what we said. They to can't. Them. Um, they can't, help, they can't themselves. help themselves. So, <laughs> so uh, look, and I do believe they they really do. Those guys love cigars and everything. So I'm not knocking them, but uh, yeah, they're uh, uh, definitely uh, definitely this one was. At least they didn't call Ken, right? They called, it was Malibu. Yes, that would have been. I don't even think they would have gotten it out the door. If no, they, if, they, if they at least got this out the door. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But that's that's their thing, man. It's like um, he just he just puts it out, and he just hopes 
that they uh, that they sell enough. Yeah. Before they look, get the cease and desist. Listen, I got on Dojo and Alec Bradley directly when they came out with that uh, Dojo oh, Chico. Yeah. So I I was very blunt on that. That was bold. That was that bold. I was I was more and I said to Alan Rubin, the owner of Alec Bradley, I was surprised you did it. Because I said, what if they oh. did that with your brand? I mean, that was kind of, and I, you know, I didn't get pushback on that. Uh, I don't think, like, they, yeah. Yeah. Like Malibu Rick, right? And that was a good cigar. I had that cigar. You I said it was it. a good cigar. The cigar is a cigar. I mean, you, you got to be oh, honest I about mean, the cigar. And the Dojo cigar, too. I liked that one when I had it. You um, had the Dojo Chico, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, like, yeah. like Malibu Rick, you're like, okay, you're playing around with it because Barbie's out now and yeah. it's popular. That Dojo Chico, man, it's like... It's like exactly the branding. It yep. is crazy. Yep, yep. Um, speaking of dojo, um, the dojo uh sober mason wagashi was released mm-hmm. at Smoke In. I don't have them, right? Some may be going on sale, but Steve Saka, we interviewed him on KMA this morning. That is going to become a regular production cigar at the at the trade show. And he is keeping the dojo branding on that for those guys. Mm-hmm. So that's a I cool thing. Talk- yeah. Next time you talk with Eric, because I haven't talked with Eric in forever. Yeah. I wonder what deals he gets on that, because that's happened with with some other of his cigars, like the Camacho, like the like the barrel, the stout one. Yeah. And this, the, like the Dogma and stuff. Like, does he just get like exclusivity for a while, or how does that? It, it's different in every case, I think. And um, I know some he was surprised that they were going national. Others he knew yeah. they were going national. This one he knew was going national. Um. Okay. They, what what happened is Steve explained this morning was um, Abe had Red Meat Lovers Club as an exclusive, and they made the decision to take it national. So he wanted to make yeah, something up for Abe. Yeah. So he offered them the early release of Wagashi because he didn't have anything else to give him. He offered them the early release of Wagashi, and then they both came up with the idea of, and this was a smart idea. Uh, hey, if we dojo branded, the dojo guys will promote the crap out of this. So it, yeah, so um, it uh. It's going to be a national release at the trade show. And it's a box press version of the Sober Mesa uh, Brulee. Green label, right? Isn't it? Green, green label, yeah. So, but, but I know in a couple of cases the Dojo logos were taken off. I think Drew Estate right. kept them. I don't think Skip, Skip did a little different with them. He gave them exclusive sizes that were never released to yes. anybody else. Yes. Okay. Uh, so they I know because yeah. Camacho kept it, I think. Camacho released it, but they've kind of gotten out of that barrel aging space, from what I understand. Such a good cigar. And that too. was a really good. I know Aaron didn't like it, but Imper- that Imperial Stout they were using the oh, Oscar Blues. So I thought good. that was one of the best releases they did. So, so um, I mean, it's good for them. It helps the Dojo guys promote it, and yeah, uh, they get some. You build, and there was a lot of excitement. I didn't pre-order it. Um, I had a feeling this was going to happen anyway. Uh, but usually, like I said, they always Abe always way orders more so i knew he was gonna have them but it is a good concept smoking does it hey if you want to get we, we did this i know with the red meat lovers put the pre-order in like months earlier and you're guaranteed it they make Makes it sense, order. Yeah. it's a great concept and you know you can't do that with every brand and every retailer but it is a great no. concept easily soccer and abe you can do that with uh new music so we got side a yep i talked about this guy earlier chris stapleton so his record higher dropped uh-huh. Uh huh. I have. It takes a woman. Uh, off of that. So he's back to his grassroots country coop, and I'm loving that. Oh, um, great! Con- yeah, you heard that with the Willie Nelson performance too. He got into a little mm. bit of that. Yeah, it's kind of what made him uh such a big star. 
uh, originally. Yep. So yep. he's back. He's sort of back to that vibe, which is great. Uh, I think it'll get album of the year looks. Uh, next Grammys because it just missed the cutoff date. Right, I would right, imagine. right. But you gotta check that album out if you're a Chris Stapleton fan, which everyone should be. I am. I'm a great fan of his, and you know, I wonder if he will change it up at some point. Get away from that. Well, I mean, he kind of did. Cause he did that song with Justin Timberlake forever ago, true, and then he was true. kind of getting a bit true. Yeah. Or I guess what I'm saying this this is a lot less sort of like electric, rocky, and about bit more back to like traditional country arrangements mm-hmm. and stuff like that exactly yeah and in the album cover it says it all it's just like yep. him in this like yep. real burnt orange yep. sort of silhouette and, uh side b is an artist we haven't heard from in a while coop that's brandy brandy with christmas party for two as the christmas records keep rolling out uh so this is off for a new christmas record uh creatively titled christmas with brandy <laughs> I mean, um, but everyone needs a sexy Christmas song, and this is it. So it's a great, great track um, yeah. for Brandy, and it got me thinking about Brandy because uh, I like Brandy back in the day. Yep, uh, I think her debut album was like '94, some of that. Um, yep. Our archaeology homework: Brandy beat her album B Seven, which was her big comeback record in 2020 after not having a record out since uh 2012 with yep. 211 yep uh great grooves just some great classic r&b um some standout tracks are saving all my love borderline uh and like... baby mama which, which she does with chance the rapper yeah yeah that was great those are great to see those yeah so yeah so a bit of uh, a bit of brandy she had a she sort of was didn't have a record for a while and then put out this one in 2020 and then now has a christmas record out so Good job. Good yep. to see her put put music out. Yeah, and in case you don't know, it's Brandy Norwood, but she's allowed to just drop her last name. Yeah, you're just you're Brandy. Yeah, you know it's a yeah. You don't need yeah, a last name. Come on, name. man. You don't need a last name. Brandy, Brandy, Brandy Norwood ain't getting you nowhere. You gotta no, just no. be Brandy. Just be Brandy. Yep. It's like Beyonce. Yep. Yep. Monominously. Monominously. <laughs> that's the word. <laughs> but you know, she's got like her voice is really good. I'll say that. It's what very voice. good. Yeah, very good voice. Um, no, she was on Moesha for a while. She was. Yeah, it's interesting. She kind of went from like teen R and B pop star to like now, it's kind of more like yeah. your Mary J. Blige, I mean, she, right? She it's, was. She was Moesha. Like, she was Moesha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think of, it took me a while to kind of yeah. Anya Brandy, but yeah, so she's still putting out music, which is great, and it's it's um, it's a good song. So you know, Christmas mm-hmm. songs are coming, man. Yep, I agree. Yeah, we will be having. I think we're going to be doing our show in the next few weeks on that. So, uh, mm. we're, we're already Thanksgiving's in two weeks in the U.S. Here, I already had it here. Yep, uh, See, that's that's the beauty of being in Australia. Have it whenever you want. Well, Surgeon had his in um in uh, oh, October. they have Thanksgiving there, don't they? Yeah, I forgot. they I do it. They do it. That. They do it. The, like I think Columbus Day. It's like the same week. Day, it's Columbus Day. They do theirs. Um, so yeah, surgeon is, uh, yeah, so surgeon is, um, or, but I think they do, I think he celebrates it. I think some people celebrate it in Canada anyway. I think they do. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, so that's all I got, Coop, man. Great that's show. All, what, that's what all would... I got. Yeah, we did a lot, um, on this. So, um, yeah, for our listeners, stay tuned to, um, our social media for our next, uh, drop of a show. Um, but yeah, Dave, thank you. Thanks to our audience as well. Um, this was a very fun and informative 
primetime jukebox. Uh, as we wrap up this uh, Veterans Day weekend edition of the primetime jukebox, we'll see everybody on the B-side. Take care, everybody. <laughs>